I'm Lauren Weymouth, and I lead the University Blockchain Research Initiative at Ripple. We typically speak with academics, both professors and students who are deeply engaged in applied research. And at the very early stages of development, as more blockchain startup accelerators are being offered on campus now, we will start to explore these further developed use cases for people that straddle academic and industry worlds. Our guest today is Victor Fang, co-founder and CEO of a hot new startup called OnChain AI, backed by top VCs. Victor has a decade of experience in data science leadership roles. He holds 15 patents on AI for cybersecurity and fraud detection solutions. He was one of the early cohorts in the Berkeley Blockchain Accelerated Program, and he teaches a data science course at UC Berkeley. OnChain AI was just awarded an XRP Ledger grant for developers, creating innovative solutions on the XRP Ledger by RippleX. Victor, we're thrilled to have you on the show today. Cool. Thank you, Roland, for having me here. So funny note is that Victor and I were supposed to record this interview a couple days ago, and the podcasting platform that we use, Squadcast, was not working. We think it actually got hacked. I think so. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny talking to someone that specializes in security. So yeah. So now you know that how important is the work we are doing in cybersecurity. Exactly. All right. So Victor, how do you get going in blockchain and cryptocurrency? Yeah, I do have a fun story to share with you. When I was doing my computer science PhD, I was teaching the machine learning class in the university. And then one of the students came to me like say, hey, Victor, can I borrow your server for overnight? And I was like, yeah, what is that for? And then he said, well, I'm going to do something called a Bitcoin mining. And this is back in 2010. Okay, so when Bitcoin was basically a practical joke. And uh, I said, okay, I want to learn more about it. What is Bitcoin and what is Bitcoin mining? And then he sent me this white paper by Satoshi. And I look at it and say, yeah, it is kind of relevant to computer science. It does have cryptography. It does cover parallel computing. I would say, okay, yeah, go ahead and use it. <laughs> but just make sure that you, you spend more time on the coursework and all that. And that's uh, how I first get exposed to the Bitcoin. After that, I moved to San Francisco in 2011. I became the first generation of data scientists here. And then I was actually fortunate enough to use machine learning and big data to solve cybersecurity problems, like detecting the APT threats, those most sophisticated hackers in the world. And then one thing, another fun story I will share with you is actually I spent good amount of my Bitcoins spending on coffee in Palo Alto, there was a coffee place that I go to. It's called Copa Cafe. I actually have some photo that I can share with you later on. <laughs> and I wish I was smarter back then. I should have saved all those Bitcoins. But uh, yeah, well, it's, no, it's well, where that, we are. That's and like then, that story of someone buying a pizza with Bitcoin. So you, you did the same thing. You bought coffee with Bitcoin. Oh, yeah. I, I haven't spent like 50, that guy spent 50 Bitcoins or, or 50,000 Bitcoins on that pizza. I spend, I think I spend like a few Bitcoins, like $2 for whatever for each, right? You definitely make me uh, feel come on <laughs> way better now. And then long story short, I joined FireEye Mandian as one of the leadership role in the AI effort. One of the tasks, one of the projects I worked at FireEye Mandian was actually back in 2017. Ransomware, WannaCry was a big thing back then, right? And then guess what? The hackers are using Bitcoin for ransom payment. And that's why one of the projects I was doing was tracing down all those where those Bitcoin money went, right? So, and then that got me um, very curious about, wow, okay, the hackers are using Bitcoin. That is kind of mind-blowing. And the entire 
underground hackers' economies is actually using that. I kind of start thinking about, well, is there a business here, right? So I left my comfortable job at FireEye Mandian and I started Enchang AI. I, I successfully got my first $2 million of seed round investment and on the mission to secure this uh, growing digital asset class. So, and then now, fast forward, 2020, uh, 2021, that's where we are now. Well, you're kind of reaching legendary status, at least on this podcast, because I think you've had the most exposure over 10 years to the subject matter out of anyone we've interviewed thus far. Yeah, I hope I still look young, though. <laughs> <laughs> for our listening audience, yes, Victor looks very young and handsome, charming, for sure. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> Before we get into your project and what you've been building, what most excites you about the industry? The fascinating part about blockchain and cryptocurrency industry is really the fast growing and then its potential, right? So, yeah, I mean, when I started in 20, 2018, this entire market cap was only $100 billion. And guess what? Today, it's just, yesterday, this just hit, what, $3 trillion. So you're talking about an asset class that grows 30 times in just three years. I think in human history, there's actually nothing similar than this. This is insane. And three trillion dollars. Well, I think that's still in the infancy. And then in the history, when there is a fast-growing technology like this, right? And one thing is going to happen is it create a lot of gaps in the technology, in the securities, and all that. Yeah. So we are actually in the blockchain security. It's one niche market in this two hundred billion dollars cybersecurity market. And our mission is to secure this growing digital asset class. Such an important subject matter we do in the Uber network, have a lot of scholars that are working on cybersecurity. Super important. Okay, and so you left your cushy job. What problems did you set out to solve? Yeah, so basically three problems specifically, right? One is the blockchain is still in, in the infancy, right? I mean, like blockchain projects like Ethereum and many other blockchains, the layer one, right? I would say they're still in the infancy, right? Compare the future down the road in five years, right? So first of all, the blockchain infrastructure is still pretty insecure, right? So, I mean, you're constantly hearing, well, there's a, maybe there's a double spending issues, right? Nowadays, smart contract was hacked all the time. Like a, like a few weeks ago, there was this cream finance, DeFi, that got hacked and that lost, what, $100 million, right? So that's the first one. The blockchain infrastructure is still insecure. The second one is there's so many of scam and fraud. And that's actually hurting this entire industry, right? Like remember 2017, there's all these ICO bubbles and all that. A lot of them are actually, it's called a rock pool, right? So they launch this and then boom, they sell it and then they, they disappear. They ended up with a white paper PDF in your hands and lost thousands of dollars if if it's not million. The third one is still lack of regulatory compliance. The governments and all the regulators are still trying to wrap their head around. Yeah, what is blockchain? What is cryptocurrency? What is DeFi? What is NFT? What is smart contract-based digital assets, stablecoin? They have so many question marks out there, right? And in that front, we're very honored to be selected by the SEC, right? One of the most powerful financial regulators in the world, right? We're working with them right now uh, to try to figure out, right, what's the right regulation for this growing industry? Yeah, so those three problems are what we're solving right now. And then right now, the crypto anti-money laundry, right, falling into these three categories is actually what we are kind of prioritizing right now. And tell us a little bit about on-chain 
um, AI, where it was founded, where you're located, about your leadership? Yeah. So we started in 20, three years ago, 2018. We are located, the headquarters are located in San Jose, California. Yeah. If you are around, yeah, you're welcome to our office to drop by to grab a coffee. Um, and then I'm not, I mean, not going to co- pay in Bitcoin. <laughs> well, I, I hope not. Hopefully stable coins or something. So after the uh, COVID-19, right, when it hit the city here, we still keep the ha- headquarters in San Jose, but a lot of our team is actually spreading around in five different states in the U.S. The leadership is Ben, my co-founder and COO. I worked with him for three years at uh, EMC and Pivotal. And he's like co-founders, me and Ben. So when you entered the Blockchain Accelerator Program, what stage was on chain in? Mm. So, yeah, it was uh, just the seed round. So really, we got a few people on the team, right? Ben and me and a few others. Yeah, and, and $2 million. Oh, we got an invite from UC Berkeley right through our mutual friends. Yeah, we actually have a very good conversation. And then we kind of feel like, wow, this UC Berkeley actually share a lot in common in the, in the vision, right? Where this industry is going, right? And how can we add value to that? And I talked to Ben and I said, hey, we should definitely get involved in, the, in this Berkeley blockchain accelerator. So there's probably a lot of seed companies out there that are wondering what they could get out of an accelerated program, maybe even specifically the one at Berkeley, but there's accelerated programs popping up all over the country, all over the world, yeah. actually. Um, yeah. what, did, what did you particularly get out of the accelerator? Yeah, great question. I think, first of all, UC Berkeley is the best public university in the U.S., right? And there's actually a lot of great research in blockchain cryptography programming language and all that. They are all originated in UC Berkeley and it's in our neighborhood here. So, yeah. And then I think uh, is one is get exposed to all this great research they're doing. And second is really the tapping to the talent pool, right? And the third one is probably there. The UC Berkeley is massive alumni network, right? That's how you and me are connected, right? Through UC Berkeley. Absolutely. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about OnChain's mission. I read on your website, blockchain transparency for all. It sounds like a really big mission. Can you break that down for us? Absolutely. Yeah, of course. When people talk about blockchain and all that, it's a decentralized uh, public ledger, right? By definition, all the data is already sitting there, right? In public, transparent, right? But the, the problem is here, right? 600 million addresses, Bitcoin, XRP, Ethereum, many other blockchains out there. And then there are billions of transactions happening, right? Every day, every week. And that's petabytes of data sitting there. So it's really very hard for the average people, right, to actually comprehend what's going on. You can get a raw transaction A sent to B, but that's nothing. That's not the insight, right? So what we're trying to do is we build the cutting-edge technology to try to provide you with more insights. For example, is that randomly looking address, is that belong to WannaCry hackers or terrorists or a mixer or it belongs to legitimate business like Coinbase or other regulated exchange, right? So this is that insight our technology can provide to you. And same as the smart contract, right? Is this smart contract Secure is that transacting complying with all these different regulations and jurisdictions and all that, right? So that's the insight we're providing you. And then based on this two things I'm telling you, data and insights, that's actually a perfect data science problem. That's what my last 10 years of career in Silicon Valley and San Francisco has been 
preparing me ready for. I'm very proud that we are getting on this market in the right timing, and it's great that our hardware is being recognized by the great customers and and our great partners. Yeah, so you've taken on this big challenge of monitoring this massive crypto market, and yeah. you are providing this data, these insights to. You're providing them to crypto exchanges. Who do you share these insights with, or are you selling these as solutions? Yeah, a few categories, right? One is the VASP, right? The exchanges, the virtual asset service provider, VASP. So the exchanges, wallet, and custodians, and all that, right? That's one. And then second is the traditional finance institutions, like the hedge funds, the banks, and the third category is the public sector, like the SEC that everybody now is aware of, right? We were featured by Forbes, right, on the SEC partnership, right? These three sectors covers most of where our customers are from, right? So you've used your ten years of data science to become the go-to man for information. <laughs> yeah, I hope I hope we, we will be the go-to man soon. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, <laughs> definitely we we play an important role in this market. That's for sure. Yeah. Okay. You initially, when you're in your seed funding, you said a couple of times that you raised two million. What is your total raise now, or are you mm. still running off that initial money? Is it impolite oh, to ask no, how um, much money you've raised so far and from whom? So the seed round, right, was back in eighteen. Right, we raised two million, and then we have a pre-A round. We raised another two or three millions, and then most recently we raised ten million dollars on the Series A. It's a great honor to be backed by the top investors like SIG, Siskahana, right? They're based in Philadelphia, a very low profile VC firm, right? But they've invested in a lot of great companies. And Amino Capital, based right here in, on University Avenue in Palo Alto, right? It's a whole bunch of early Google employees or Facebook employees, uh, great technologies, right? And then FinVC, right? The most recent investor we have, the FinVC. They're one of the leading San Francisco-based fintech-focused VC, right? And a few other VCs that are backing us. It's really a great honor and it's a great journey, like working with them very closely. Got a lot of advice from them on the product market fits and all that. Yeah. So you just closed your Series A's. Congratulations. What, yeah, what was fundraising like in this sector? What, what are lessons learned? Yeah. So yeah, actually, I'm coaching the UC Berkeley uh, founders, right, in the past two years on fundraising. First of all, all my opinions are biased, right? I'm a CEO, I'm technology founder that, that actually can code and write code, right? So I'm more like a, what Elon Musk and Zuckerberg. So I think as a first-time founder, one advice I gave to, to, the, to the Berkeley founders, really, you got to understand how the VC works, right? So I highlighted six steps in the fundraising. You need to know how that VC machine is working so you can actually fit into their process. It's actually a well-established profession. <laughs> Market VC is definitely a profession, right? And you've got to understand the six steps that I actually break down for the founders, right? I think if you, you fresh out of schools from your PhD programs or whatever, right, or drop out, you don't necessarily know how the VC works, right? So I think I strongly recommend that that slides I gave. I actually published it on my uh, LinkedIn. So there's an article and there's a presentation they are prepared for the UC Berkeley founders. And the second one is really to understand your business. By that, the first quick thing is, are you doing a B2B or B2C, right? You're selling to a business or selling to consumers. So that is very fundamentally different, right? So it's different in terms of the product development, the metrics that you measure your success, and then the growth pattern 
even like how do you acquire customers, right? The CAC, the customer acquisition cost and all that. Very different. So that said, you got to pick the right VC, the right investors, right? That align with your mission so they can help you down the road. Yeah, so I think these two lessons, right? one is understand how the VC works. Second is understand your own business. I think those two are the, the main ones that a lot of first-time founders, especially the technologist founder like me, right, that may not get exposure in their training, right? It can be learned. The Berkeley friends told me that that cohort we, we are in is raised, what, $100 million aggregated? So I think, yeah, it's great that I, I kind of <laughs> contributed to that, right? And it's always feel good that you, I give back to the network, to the community. Solid advice, but it's inspiring to hear that you are helping to create the future of, of the ecosphere and coaching other people. Yeah, definitely. Super awesome. All right. So you mentioned your work with the SEC to combat criminal activity. Yeah. What What's it like working with a government agency? Yeah, it's actually, yeah. So first of all, we're a technology company, right? I'm not a lawyer. I'm just a technologist, right? I mean, being selected by the SEC, I think is the few, this responsibility, right? Where the technologies are being selected by the regulator, right? To kind of help them understand what is the insight hitting those massive data, right? On the blockchain smart contract, with those 10,000 lines of code, what does that mean? All these fancy transactions like in in the smart contract world and DeFi and NFT and all that, what does that really entail? Right? We really feel this responsibility, right? It's really, wow, the AI and machine learning technology that were developed in the past three years were actually able to make the life easier for the regulators and law enforcement to understand who is behind it, and what is the transaction patterns and all that, right? We can provide like 10 times more visibility into the blockchain data and smart contract and all that. I think as a technologist, this is really like mind-blowing and then to see how it's being taken to actions and all that, right? And then that's also the first time we're working with the government agencies. And I'm really glad that the government agencies are taking a proactive and technology-focused approach into the cryptocurrency and digital asset market, right? So other than some other countries, they just totally shut it down. They just ban it. Because mainly, I think, just because they don't understand what the impact and the potential of this technology, and they just shut it down, right? I feel very unfortunate for those countries. But really, I think we are very proud and I'm very glad that our Government is taking a technology focus and proactive approach. I will be able to share with you more when we have more government well, I'd customers love to and all that. Yeah, I'd yeah. love to follow up with you on that. So your team went after an XRP ledger grant and you were awarded the grant. Congratulations on that. That's Thank something you for your new support. That, yeah, it's something new that Ripple launched in 2021. Mm-hmm. Tell us what you're building as part of that grant. First of all, it's a great honor to be selected in this XRP Ledger grant. We are tasked to actually build out the next generation anti-money laundry platform for the XRP. And XRP right now is the number six uh, cryptocurrency by market cap. It's one of the most influential uh, cryptocurrency in the world, right? It's been around for a while and it's a good reputation and all that in the market, right? And then one thing I particularly like when we talk to the Ripple team is really we share the same vision. So blockchain legitimacy is actually the key to the success of this 
industries grows, right? So a lot of people feel like, oh wow, okay, are we doing surveillance and all that on this asset? And it's hurting the what the privacies and all that. But you know what? It's actually totally uh, opposite. Right? I actually have, I have firsthand knowledge with fighting with ransomware hackers. And when as a fire, I fighting with those ransomware like WannaCry and all that and Loki and all that. Right? If the government and the regulator law enforcement is not playing a role here, then then this industry is in big trouble because. It's going to turn into a playground of all these hackers, the underground economics. And there's no future if the digital asset being going to that route, right? We are working hard right now to, to kind of integrate um, the, the XRP ledger into our existing CISO product. It's one of the leading um, next generation AML platform for the blockchain and smart contract and all that. Let's see. So it's coming out. I think the team promised me to have something roll out in, in Q1. And yeah, I'm excited. That is exciting. That's quick. Can you talk a little bit about your experience working with the XRP Ledger, what you like about this particular blockchain protocol? Yeah. So what we like about is the simplicity, right? It's actually not that hard to interpret the transaction data and all that compared to all other crazy blockchain protocols. Our product offering right now, the post-incident investigation side of it, we are tapping into the XRP Ledger, right, to crunch the data and then make sense of it. So the regulators or, or even the private sector's uh, investors can get a better sense of what's going on by using the product, right? When something already happened, that's our CISO product. And then the preventative side, right? So that's actually a pretty a new idea that we come up with. How can we actually even enable all the XRP investors, VASPs, right? To actually be able to block the back actors' illicit transactions up front other than you wait until, oh, you get hit the news and and then people like scramble to kind of, oh, you patch the database and whatever to block that. We do have some success stories, right? So with some of the customer we have, it's not, not the XRP, but I think I can give this example to you to help you get a sense of what the future would be for the XRP ecosystem, right? A few months ago, one of our hedge fund customers blocked one of the transactions that we flagged as a risk score of uh, 85%. Right, so that's considered as a high risk, right? Anything beyond eighty percent in our system by the machine learning model, by the machine learning model, we call it high risk. That we recommend the vendor to block it, and then they come back and look it up, and then they ask us why is that being blocked? Because that address is not in the sanction list database. It's not classified as a bad actor by the government. But then we go over the UIs and all that kind of drill down the insights of the transaction that address has been participated with and find out that, well, there was actually a recent upgrade of the FinCEN OFAC database that included a new address that triggered our machine learning model to infer the risk score on that address that is not included in the database, but they have a very close correlation with that address. In the past, they transacted millions of dollars Okay, and that's actually what we call the preventative, right? And it's all based on the facts that recorded in, on the blockchain. That's one of the powerful case study, one of the very powerful customer success story that we found recently. I think that, that's so meaningful for us to hear, yeah. right? You're not just building this technology that's going to mitigate fraud. You actually are. You're catching fraudulent transactions and being able to allow your fly. customers on the fly. 
to on the fly. Uh, not have it happen. And that, protecting and that's the future. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's a lot of time when you see those crazy headline news. Oh yeah, ransomware is using this whatever. Yeah, like dark side ransomware and all that. Usually, that is already too late, right? That transaction already happened like hours ago, right? Like last year. I, I get the chance to get on CBS News, right, in, in Bay Area, to talk to Alain Keys, my favorite news anchor, to kind of explain that Twitter hack. What happened when the hacker got that, what, that $100,000 from Joe Biden's Twitter account? Well, it's that thing has already happened, right? And then the only thing we could do is, well, we trace now to make sure they are not able to liquidate in other VSPs or not, right? But can we actually push the defense line all the way to the extreme, which is, well, if we enable the API call for the screening when you make a transaction, we should be able to block it up front, right? And then we can constantly improving the technology. Another cool thing that the hackers are using these days is using like tornado cash. And then if you're in Bitcoin, they turn into the red BTC and move to the different blockchain and use tornado cash in a composable DeFi all this crazy innovation to launch the money and all that. Well, fortunately, our machine learning and the AI technology can actually already show some early evidence of we can do it. We can actually prevent those from happening, even though they're taking all these crazy tactics to launch the money. Yeah, it can be done. So anything on your 2022 roadmap that you can share with us? In the past three years, what we're really doing are three things, right? One is AI. So we are AI company. AI is our last name in the company, okay? So we focus on applying machine learning, including deep learning, into comprehending cryptocurrency data, right? And blockchain data and all that. So AI. And then the second is preventative, right? Most of the investigation tool, when you hear investigation, that means something bad already happened, right? Can we actually move the defense line all the way up the stream? That's why this industry in cybersecurity is getting like $200 billion because they can enable you to be able to play a role in preventative. And then the third one is smart contract, right? The smart contract focus. And back in 2018, one of the strategic decisions I made, right, when I started entering AI was really, um, a lot of people back then was doing UTXO tracings and all that. I feel like that's a boring topic, although, I mean, it's an important problem. But, I mean, smart contract, it's probably one of the few reasons that actually motivated me to quit the comfortable job at, at FIRE. It's not because of the UTXO tracing. It's because of the smart contract. It's adding a new dimension of complexity to blockchain. And in Silicon Valley here, we call the smart contract the blockchain 2.0, right? And that is what fascinated me the most, right? So smart contract focus is since day one, we actually invest a lot of resource into smart contract analytics. So next year's vision is going to continue executing on this three vision, right? I mean, tactically is one to support more blockchain like the XRP and then preventative AML. Can we turn the game from the post-incident investigation all the way become a preventative, right? We enable API to integrate with your infrastructure. Either you're doing buy and sell of cryptocurrencies or tradings or whatever, right? That we have an API for that, preventative. To achieve that, we need to grow the team. Right now, we're only like 30 30 people. Almost everyone is actually double booked right now. So we need to double the team. Well, you beat me to my next question, which is, are you hiring? (laughs) 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we are hiring. So we are in a hyper growth phase right now after the Series A, right? We are a company that is on a mission. We're looking for a player to join the team, right? I promised our investor is like, okay, I don't know how successful engineer would be in a few years. But one thing I, I guarantee is we are building a technology company of great taste. And I'm inspired by Steve Jobs. He's the main reason I actually I'm in San Francisco, right? It's because of Steve Jobs. He has his own definition of what is a technology company of great taste. You have to come up with an original idea and you need to bring culture to the products. And if you look at the product of the Enchain AI UIs and all that, right? Down down at the footnote, you will be able to find there's a quote there saying, designed by Enchain AI in California with love. So definitely encourage you to go and check out our product there. And that shows how devoted, right? How committed we are. Everybody on the team building a great product that can help us achieve this mission, right? We're hiring all kinds of engineers and technical roles and all that, like compiler, formal verification, programming language, backend engineer, data scientists, even like project and product manager fully open. So yeah, check out the website. We are hiring aggressively. That's great. I hope this podcast interview has people listening and get motivated and inspired by what you're saying to come apply. And for our listeners who can't see Victor's face right now, his face is full of love and promise and pride. Exactly what he's saying down to the footnote of his verbiage on his website. It's visible. It's coming across, Victor. It shines. Basic industry question. Where are we going to be five years from now? Wow, <laughs> that's a great question. Let's see. You know what? Five years in cryptocurrency is, is like a thousand years <laughs> in human history. So why do I say that? So 2018, we started this company, right? That market cap is only $100 billion. And now we're at 3 trillion, 30 times in what? 30 times growth in three years. So I mean, now five years, let's say, I mean, 30x from now. So that market cap is going to hit what? 90 trillion. $90 trillion. What does that mean? Right now, today, the entire U.S. stock market is $50 trillion. Oh, I'm a data scientist. I always like to look at numbers so you get a sense of it, right? Down the road, I think five years, we continue this path, the momentum to grow 3x from now. I think that's totally reasonable. And that means this asset class, this alternative asset class, is going to become the same size of our stock market as of today. I think that's totally doable. It's totally feasible. It's not something crazy. It's totally doable. My three prediction, right, in 2026, one is going to be crypto will be accepted by the mainstream financial institutions as a legitimate alternative asset class. Okay. I think that's totally reasonable, right? I think that the regulators, the governments, they're all working very hard to sort, sort out all these details. That's one. The second one, Metaverse. Now everybody in the Bay Area is talking about Metaverse, right? Even Facebook changed their name to, to Meta and all that. So I think Metaverse will be the reality in five years for sure. And guess what? Cryptocurrency smart contract will be the foundation of that open finance system for sure, 100%. And you should be able to buy and sell equipment and whatever, not in fiat, not in PayPal, it's going to be its own cryptocurrency or blockchain system. And yeah. I'm sure a lot of smart contracts is going to be there. And the third prediction, 
So my hero, Elon Musk, right? He plans to send humans to the Mars in 2025. It's public information. Check it out. 2025, right? I'm sure that the first Martian, when they hit Mars, right? In 2026, we'll be using cryptocurrency. And that would be mind-blowing. Think about it. It's going to be a, <laughs> a human being in a different planet, right? Using this interplanetary payment network to pay for merchandise. Maybe they buy stuff from the Earth and ship to the Mars, stuff like that. I'm sure if Elon Musk can achieve that, like he promised to the space export, right? that we can send human to, to the Mars in 2025. I'm sure that's going to happen. So that's my three crazy, but reasonable, I think is very rational. Yeah, well, coming from a PhD in data science that spits out just the facts and real statistics, I think, you know, there is a possibility that that is actually going to oh, happen. Sorry. And it's, it's funny you mentioned metaverse. I was mm -hmm. a couple of days ago speaking to a highly intelligent group of MBAs at Georgetown. And one of their yeah. questions in the Q&A afterwards were how blockchain and metaverse were going to interact. And I, I got caught because metaverse is new for me. And I, I just had to say, you know, I think that's to be determined. We're figuring that out as we go right now, which is true of a lot of things we're doing in blockchain. Oh, yeah. I think that's another technology chain is happening right now. AR, VR, I think now is, is ready right, to go to the next level, right? It's going to be using a different uh, financial system. And hopefully, NGL will be able to help on that mission as well. <laughs> yeah. Victor, our listeners can go to OnChain AI's website. Where else can they learn about the work you're doing? Anywhere else you want to send them to check out? We are on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Medium. And feel free to subscribe to our newsletter. We don't often talk about cryptocurrency on the show. We more often talk about the blockchain technology underwriting other use cases, even though cryptocurrency yeah. has become the most obvious use case of blockchain. Because you're a numbers guy, I'm going to ask you right now, today, how many cryptocurrencies are out there? Ooh, wow. And I'm sure it's changed from last week. New ones pop up weekly. <sighs> Crazy. There's two things in my definition, right? There's cryptocurrency. This one is the layer one. That is like the, the XRP and Ethereum and Bitcoin, the layer one. That takes a lot of effort, a lot of developers to develop, right? And then there's another category. Those are what? The tokens and all that, right? Those, those are the NFT. <laughs> those are the digital assets that operating on the layer one blockchains, right? They have their own value also. They usually solve a particular vertical use case. Like now everybody is crazy about the, the ball apps, the NFTs, and all this crazy NFT out there, right? You can follow up. I mean, cryptocurrency loosely defined is going to be the aggregate of those two. So, I mean, there's thousands of them, <laughs> many of them. You can create your own Lauren tokens today. <laughs> I can help you with that if you want. But it's really at the end, which one is going to be the variable ones, right? Down the road, like five years, right? In time horizon, right? So, I think that's the right way to look at it. Look at the long terms and all that. In my book, I think there's only a few of them that qualify as the real cryptocurrency, like Bitcoin, Ethereum, XRP, and those other great layer one blockchain protocols and out there, right? And yeah. then a small set of those great um, tokens that has specific use cases, right? So 
Yeah. So yeah. I think what well, I'm on the same page. We often say, don't you know, when people come to me and they ask about crypto, and I try not to talk about it because I, you know, before crypto, I never gave stock advice. I wouldn't give crypto advice. It's too volatile. But I often say, I don't know so much about looking at the price. Look about the usability. Look about who's building what on it. What's the utility of that? Yeah, and then exactly. And then look, that Squid Game coin, right? That's a that's a scam. And that thing just, and they, they able to manage to make what millions of dollars. Can you believe that? Well, that shows but how I mean, marketing at, is, right? Marketing <laughs> has a place in this. Exactly. And that's actually the area we're trying to help the regulators and even like the private sector investors, right? To kind of help them understand what's going on. And hopefully we can prevent it from happening, right? Right now, all this squid game I hear are some very bad stories of people that they put a lot of life savings into that and boom, it's gone, right? So, and then how are you going to help with that, right? That's one of the big problems in the cryptocurrency industry right now, right? So, yeah, so we are on a mission to actually make sure it's legitimate, right? All this industry, these assets and all that, they're circulating in a very legitimate way. So, yeah, that's that's our mission. Well, I'm a big fan of your mission, and I think our listeners will be after hearing this podcast. And on behalf of the industry, Victor, I want to thank you for dedicating yourself to educating not only the future innovators, but regulators. And your startup efforts facilitate legitimacy and security in the crypto industry, which is crucial and timely to this industry trying to reach maturity. I believe that validating integrity and compliance of protocols is how we will bring this into the mainstream. Thank you. Yeah, that's exactly what we're doing. Thank you, Lauren. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you for sharing what OnChain is bringing to the party. We loved hosting you on Uber's podcast, All About Blockchain. And thank you, listeners, for your time. Your comments on my LinkedIn and feedback to uberi at ripple.com are so appreciated. Catch you next episode.